We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, we are live here at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo, the start of our Thursday night Imperial Live series. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's the audio side, the video side, and by the way, if it's the video side, enjoy while you can because we've been having some uh, gear issues, so I don't know how long this stream is going to last. But anyway, again, Imperial Pizza here in South Buffalo, Abbott Road. I am joined by Houston, Texas defensive end, Buffalo born and raised Bishop Time in high school, University of Buffalo College. Mm-hmm. My man, Super yes. Bowl champion, by the way. I can't call you. Come on, I can't address you without saying Super on, Bowl champion. Man. Damone Harris, man. What's going man. on, buddy? How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be on here with you, man. It's pleasure. fun, man. We just, uh, I'm kind of a bad influence on Damone. He's a professional <laughs> athlete who eats very well. I kind yeah, of was. I try. You know, I had to get him to, right. to have a couple of these wings here. They're really oh, good, man. Oh, these wings man. here at Imperial are bomb, man. They, they are really, really good. Pretty cool, by the way. We're sitting there eating and uh, having a couple kids come up to you, ask you for autographs and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. What's that like, man? Do you get, is it some? are you getting used to that now, man? Is it, is this, um, it never gets old, does right. it? Right. Um, it never gets old. Um, I think one thing I took from one coach told me in college, he said, um, one day the music's going to stop. And yeah. I didn't really realize what that meant until, you know, me, like I'm going into my sixth year professional league in the league and, and, and whatnot and you know one day the music is going to stop meaning like you know cool things like that aren't always going to be there so i always am uh, willing and able to always willing and able to um you know help out the fans and, and anybody that wants anything signed by me because you know i was once that kid myself yeah for sure and it's really cool and by the way if you're watching this on the video side uh mm-hmm. Grown into quite the young man here. I'm going to pull this back up if you're watching on wow. video. That's Damone wow. Harris, Bishop Time in wow. High School. Was that 2013? 13. Class of 2013. Wow, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Now, again, I've known you for quite a while now. Yes. Um, you know, your best friend is my nephew. You yes. know, we, we go way back. We, mm-hmm. It's funny. When you were a kid, mm-hmm. and I want you to talk about this a little bit, mm-hmm. you actually didn't really... I mean, you played football, you didn't play organized football. You played no. football, though. Yeah. Yeah, unorganized football. But yeah. you wanted to be, and, and I learned this about you a while ago, you wanted to actually be a rep. You wanted to be a WWE superstar. I wanted superstar. to be a WWE bona fide superstar. John Cena, <laughs> I wanted to be all those guys. But that was my first love. I wanted to be in the WWE, and then it shifted to me wanting to be a basketball player. Yeah. And then um, found out there's no 6'4 centers in college, so... <laughs> I had to switch gears to football a little bit, you know. Yeah. Who were a couple of your favorite wrestlers like when you were oh, growing man. up? Oh man, she got The Rock, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Attitude Era, man, Edge, all those guys. Back when wrestling was wrestling, you know. You when know. you when you were a kid and you would dream of, of being a wrestler, did mm-hmm. you um, did you envision yourself as, as a baby face? Did you envision yourself as a as an evil heel? Man, what, I, what I was, you I was like. I want to be like that evil villain, kind of like the Undertaker. Like <laughs> he just like appears out of nowhere, yeah. And like someone's about to get choke slammed, but you never know where he's coming from, kind of point. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. 
You know, one of, one of the funniest things, and again, I, I've known Damone for a while, and obviously you're a full-grown man now, an NFL yeah. player, but to me, you kind of, you've always been like a child at heart. You're still, yeah. you're, you're a oh, big kid, you're a big yeah. kid at heart. I mean yeah. that, obviously, in the most right. complimentary way. Right, um, right. And we're going to kind of, like, weave in and out of your growing up in, in your career, but I kind of mm. want to fast forward just for this point that I'm making about you still being a, a big kid at heart. Right. So you, um, after school... And you were with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yep, and I was living, college, yep. and we were living in Florida. My, mm-hmm. my wife, my son, and I were living up uh, maybe forty-five minutes from you. Yeah. So that was cool for yeah. us. You know, I was yeah. excited about that. Right. And I remember, um, in fact, I still think you were living in the hotel room. I don't even think that mm-hmm. you had your apartment yet. Nope. And one day, Shane uh, at Brady River High School, they were playing flag football. They like they had a flag football tournament yeah. Yeah. at the South Florida campus in yep. Tampa, mm-hmm. and we and we scooped you up and you came. Yeah, and this is just flag football. 14, 15 year old kids. These were like JV right. kids at the yeah. time, yeah. and you were running around. Yeah, like crazy. Like yeah, somebody yeah, would yeah, make yeah. an interception or yeah, something. Yeah, and you're yeah, running yeah. around with a towel. Nah, was, yeah, I gotta get hyped for the kids, man. That's why I get hyped. <laughs> I get hyped for the kids. The next generation. It's always about the next up and coming. And I mean. Florida high school football is completely different down there. It's a lot more intense, you know. So um, it was good to see the athletes um, down there in Florida work and and seeing your son Shane work as well because he's obviously like a little brother to me too. Yeah, well, all that was cool. But it was for me, it was fun watching you just run around and still get in and get excited. Like you're not out there playing. Right, yeah, yeah. These are kids and they're not even like, there's not even like, oh my God, look at this hit. Right, right. Booming hits. This was flag football. Right, And Damone's still going nuts Yeah, of course. Yeah, just (laughs) having fun. That's what the game's about. At the end of the day, it's a game and you just want to continue to have as much fun as possible with it, you know. You, uh... You've gotten quite interview or comfortable, I should say. I'm um, mm-hmm. doing interviews, right? You know, like, through the years. Yeah. Talk about that. Like that's a process for you. Like, right. You know, I I talked to my son, and again, it's just a different level. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. talking. He's playing high school football. Played mm-hmm. high school football. You're at the highest level now, but you played high school football. You played right. college football. Right. And he told me. Let me know if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. He said that he wouldn't get nervous. Like he could play football in front of two thousand people, mm-hmm. and that was second nature. But mm-hmm. but uh. A microphone, you know, if the school reporters ask you right, questions, right. or if you even go like in the know to right. dances like, uh, and stuff uh, like that, uh, that anxiety uh, kind yeah, of kicks yeah, in yeah, a little yeah. bit. Was it a like kind of a long process for you getting comfortable being on a microphone, you know, having the camera in front of you and, and having people approach you? Like I said, we were right. sitting there having dinner, a couple of kids come up to you, right. ask you for autographs, stuff like that. Like, talk uh, about that process. Right. I think it's I think it's more just like um, you get better with it over time. I mm-hmm. think my first interviews, I was I was that kind of in that kind of mode, like jittery. But then, like, now, as, you know, you do things, it's just like, it's just like, I'm just having a conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't, I don't see the headphones or the mic, or I don't see the camera, I don't right. see the light, I just... You don't see this big, annoying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imperial pizza? <laughs> Shush, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like having a conversation, I think, obviously, just being mindful when you do interviews and, and trying to, you know, whichever questions you, you receive, just trying to be a step ahead of it in your head, and um, trying to anticipate what maybe is going to come next. Well, not with you, obviously, right. but we're like like family, but, you know, with different kind of media outlets, just knowing what might come next and how you're going to go to answer it and keeping your composure with all that. That's a key thing, too, yeah. is sometimes keeping your composure. Sometimes, right. you know, you're like, I want to say something. Right, right. But you right. got to be careful, you know, and, right, and exactly. how you say it right. and stuff like that. Let's right. go back to let's go back to, to high school, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you grew up not playing organized football, which, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but there's not many players who play and make it to the right. NFL who don't right. start playing little. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Now, you didn't even play any high school football until like yeah. the end of your sophomore year. You kind yeah. of dibbled around yeah. a, a little bit. Yeah, I came out my sophomore year, and they wanted me to play JV. And I think I played one game, and I was on kickoff return, and it was cold <laughs> as you know what outside. Yeah. And I got hit by somebody. And I was like, all right, I'm done playing football. <laughs> and that was I was the last time I played football my sophomore year. And then I came out my junior year because we had got a new head coach um, for football, and that was uh, Charlie Comerford. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, he was like, look, if you come out, you play football, I can turn you into a Division One football player. And I'm like, what? Like, I ain't never getting a three-point stance before. I didn't never – like he wanted me to play DN and Titan. I'm like, I never got a three point stance. I don't even know the rules of the game. I kid you not. Yeah. Like, I'm used to playing. Like I grew up in like the church, so I'm used to playing like catch in the backyard with like my siblings and like all the church kids and stuff. We would just like we didn't even know what I didn't know what a rut was. All right, 
how we make routes on a ball. Right, you run here, right. you run here. You what's well, a route tree? Exactly. Like I don't even know that. So um, that's kind of just was my beginning upbringing in football, and then didn't really didn't play really until my end of my junior year. Played like the last two games of my junior year because when I first came out, it was terrible. Like I was I was terrible. I was just like looked like a baby giraffe, uncoordinated. I had never trained for anything. Right, like yeah. I, I'm in the in my house doing push-ups and curls. That's what I think, like, in calf raises. I mean, that's what I think make you jump higher. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know nothing about nothing at this point. So, I do that. I come out my last two games in my junior year. I think that's when Chad Kelly was still at Joe's. Yeah. Played against him. I remember that. Um, yeah, the last two games of my junior year. And then came out my senior year. Probably played, like, six or seven total games because they had gotten hurt. Had a high ankle sprain. Yeah, half, I remember that. My senior year. And then, so I'm talking. You're talking in total, probably high school. I probably played like ten games, maybe that. Yeah. That, so now I, I followed your career mm-hmm. from high school for obviously because Jordan right. Williams, my nephew. You know, right. I was going there right. to watch him play. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out Jordan Williams. Shout out Jordan going Williams. to the Bishop Simon Hall of Fame J-Dubs this year. So Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's awesome, yes, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> he gets mad at me because yeah. I still haven't had him on the show yeah. yet. He's, <laughs> he still to this day gets mad at me. Uh, but anyway, I, I remember, obviously, I was paying attention to him. But I, I remember at that time seeing progress mm-hmm. from you because you, right. um, you and Jordan were close and Gibbs, right, right, you, know, you right. guys were really close. Right. And, I, and I saw the progress. And I remember right. when you sprained your ankle right. at the time. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. And I'm sure you can say this now, too, looking back in hindsight. Most of the time, when a player ends up in the NFL, right. you kind of know at a young age, like mm-hmm. this kid has something special. Right, right. Now, again, maybe if I knew you better or knew right. your work ethic, I didn't right. know that at the time. Right. But just as somebody in the stands, right. you know, seeing you as a junior and then even seeing you in high school, right. it's like nothing stood out at that yeah. time. I'm no, like, I yeah, couldn't like have I looked said, at was, this kid and said, oh my God, this guy's going to be in the NFL. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, you got to think, that was my first time playing organize anything. I didn't organize sports in general. So it yeah. was like. I, I'm I'm still figuring out like the law of the land and you know adapting to a new environment and being in South Buffalo and you know things of that nature and you know I I didn't know much of what I was doing honestly and I didn't I just knew in my head what I was willing to put into it mm-hmm. like coming from where I came from and my work ethic like what I knew like I knew I was willing to put the work in I just needed the right guidance I needed the right people in my life to show me like the right way and fortunately I had that then. Um, and some of the coaches I had in high school and, you know, fortunate to be like the guys like Joe Mahalik, who he yeah, got drafted into the MLB. And, you know, so he's just, you know, just being around those guys and seeing like, you know, no, you need to do this and that and showing me how to train and things like, like it really uh, helped me um, transition to college. Now, know? before we talk about college, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned you going to the Bishop Time in high school. Right. Of course, that's right here in South Shout Buffalo. Out Timer. Now, the thing is, you would say, all right, well, Jamon lives really close to Timon. Well, Jamon right. did not live very close to Bishop Timon. He did not. Tell, tell people who are listening or watching this yeah. right now what you had to do to, just to get right. to school every day, right. man. So um, I grew up in the East Ferry Projects on the east side of Buffalo, mm-hmm. right up the street from uh, ECMC. It's still there. Um, and I would take, from, my, my, from the projects, I would take the 12 to the, either the 19 or 23. Then I would take the 23 to the 14 and the 14 at time. So I would take like two wow. to three buses every day just to get to school in the morning on time. And like, you know, so that was a, that was a battle in itself. Um, getting to school every day. And then, you know, obviously going to class. And then after that, going to practice, like, you know, all by myself and then catching the bus back home. Cause like my mom still to this day does not have her driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still to this day does not have her driver's license. So she didn't drive. And, like, my father wasn't present. So, um, yeah, still to this day, doesn't have a driver's license. So, I, everywhere I needed to go, I had to catch the bus or hitch a ride with Jordan or <laughs> yeah. something like that, you know. Now, before we, like I said, before we get to UB, and I know mm-hmm. that a couple coaches, especially Coach Cullenford, were kind of right. instrumental in helping you right. get an opportunity at least to potentially go to UB. Right, right. Talk about the sacrifice mm-hmm. you know is is not free to go to to catholic high school oh you know absolutely what i mean not. Absolutely so talk about not. like the sacrifice that your mom made to help right. get you there yeah. because I'm, i mean that that, yeah. that takes a lot you yeah know? my mom is my mom is superwoman wonder woman always will be superwoman to me because mm-hmm. um you're talking about um we, we grew up in the projects it's, it's four four kids she raised by herself you know we're on all kinds of government's assistance and she would literally take her tax return and I mean, would take from my other brothers, like it would, it, they all believed in me. Yeah. You know, 
and take her tax return money, and that was that's how she paid my tuition. Um, because I had transferred in the time in my sophomore year, so from Buffalo Academy of Science Charter School downtown, yeah. downtown Buffalo. So she would take her tax return every year, and that's how she would pay for my tuition. I had made a promise to her, like, look, if you pay for me to go to high school in time, and you won't have to pay for me to go to college, because I was determined to yeah. earn a scholarship somewhere doing, you know what I mean, like athletically or you know. So when did you yeah. when did you first get an inkling mm-hmm. in your own mind that? I could play college football, and it, it would ultimately it right. would be about opportunity. But right. Like when did you when did you first look at yourself in the mirror and say, "All right, forget what my stats are right now right, in time," right. and like right. what what's inside of me that tells me that I could play football right. at a high Division One level? Right. So I mean, I, like I said, like it, it took people just believing in me, like mm-hmm. like Charlie Comerford. He was just like like him saying that to me, and like me having no prior like football experience and him just being like look if you come out and you work hard and that was all i needed was someone to be like come out work hard i'm gonna show you the way mm-hmm. you just got to put the work in and you can become this you know division one football player and i was like you know what i'm just gonna keep my head down i'm gonna grind i'm gonna you know do what i need to do in a classroom and you know let the let the rest handle itself and you know even if it didn't happen i could you know be satisfied with the fact that you know i gave it my all you know sure so yeah when you um all right, so you, so you're at Timon mm-hmm. and you go to UB. When you, when you first start playing football at Timon, mm-hmm. you're on the bottom of the totem pole. You're at the bottom mm-hmm. of the ladder. You know, mm-hmm. you said it yourself. You never played organized football. Right. You didn't even understand route tree concepts and right. defensive schemes and right. concepts Not like at all. that. So you're learning the game. Now you're getting mm-hmm. to college again. And when you go to UB, you're a preferred right. walk on. Not a walk on. Right. You're a preferred walk on. There right. is a difference. Shout out too. to Greg Meyer. Shout out to Greg Meyer. So the way the way I got to um, UB was actually so Charlie Comerford, his brother-in-law, Greg Meyer. He was a graduate assistant at UB at the time. He was kind of my connection to how I got to UB. So um, he, Charlie had shot him my film and um, he was like, look, this kid's gangly or whatever. He, you know what I mean? He, you know, he, he's he, raw. He's raw. He's very raw, but you know, he has a shot to like, eventually play. So they didn't come to my football games. Like I started getting recruited late, like December mm-hmm. and I, they, they came to my basketball games actually. So like, it was Coach Don Patterson back in the day. He's old and retired by now, but, like, Coach Don Patterson and Greg Meyer, they would come to my basketball games and just see, like, how athletic I was. And that's how they recruited me, and I got that preferred walk-on spot. So. You uh, you had more fun playing high school basketball oh, than course. football, didn't oh, you? Man. I know Jordan did, too. Oh, I mean, man. Guys yeah. it. Bishop Tyman was a fun – you guys were a fun team to watch back right. in the day. Um, right. That was a lot of fun. You know, when you look back now, wherever you – are in life now, wherever mm-hmm. you're going to be in life. Mm-hmm. Do you still kind of look back at those high school days? It's kind of almost like oh, man. the yeah. good old days. You know what I mean? Oh. No matter how old you get and yeah. where you go in yeah. life, and you could be, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, you still mm-hmm. feel like you're going to find yourself going back and, oh, and picturing some of the shenanigans that oh, you and you guys were pulling and stuff oh, like that. Of course, because it's like the, the higher you get in the level of football or whatever, whatever sure. sports, the more professional it becomes, the more business oriented it becomes. And it's like there's a sense of when you were in high school, like the innocence of being a kid and just like you're playing with your friends and like, all right, right, we, we, we go to practice and then, all right, it's, all right, Friday, Saturday night, all right, we're going to go hang out at Cass Park and, you know, da 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 and hang out. And, you know, it, it was just, it was like, it was just fun. It was just, not to say it's not fun now, you still enjoy it. But sure. Obviously, there's just more business involved in being a professional football player as to being a high school football player. So you get to UB yeah. and you are again quite literally on the bottom of, course, of the ladder yeah. all over again. What's yeah. it for, what's it like first stepping out of college campus? Oh man, um, so I can't, I got to UB through the EOP program. So uh, Coach My, Greg Meyer got me in through the EOP program um, at UB. So I was not allowed. They had like a summer program that was like they they condensed a semester into like three or four weeks. So oh, they wow. like made it very difficult. Like over the yeah. So I had to take these classes that didn't even count towards credits, no credits. <laughs> like that semester. Right. But yeah. I had to take these classes that basically it was to weed out kids that weren't necessarily fit for college. Sure. I made it through that, but I wasn't allowed to be do any of the football stuff. So I wasn't allowed to go train with, the, with my team. So my first day walking in the building as a walk on was training camp. And I had this coach. <laughs> I won't even mention his name because <laughs> whatever. Well, he was a position coach. At the See time. what we were talking about twenty yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, he was a position Give coach at the time. What you say? He was yeah, exactly. He was a position coach at the time, and I'm I'm last on the depth chart. And Khalil Mack 
is obviously an All-American. Sure. So I walk my first day on campus, I'm barely – I got 10 games of high school barely under my belt. I walk in, I see Khalil Mack, Brandon Oliver, yeah. those kind of guys. You hear about Stephen Means. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my first day on job, this coach tells me, you'll never play it down here at, at <laughs> University of Buffalo. And I'm like, man. I got my work cut out for me, you know, and, and, and ever since then, man, I just kept my head down and used any, any fuel, anything anyone said to me is, is motivation and drive. Cause like I said, I was very raw, but I knew what I was willing to do and put into becoming better, you know, at the game of football. So I just, you know, Khalil didn't even have to say much to me. It was more, I learned from those guys, him and Brandon Oliver, just by just watching their work ethic, watching what they do, you know, you've, since then it played mm-hmm. with and against some of the best players on this earth right but going back to when you first walk on to ub mm-hmm. from an athletic talent standpoint were you right. almost like kind of in awe of somebody like oh Mag, God, just how course. good he was oh man that dude against um like i said my first day was training camp so we get through training camp and then you play ohio state opening week. Yeah, i remember that yeah that dude goes absolutely crazy i think he had Two and a half, three sacks. Yeah, he put himself on six, the map big time. Nine solo tackles. So that pushed him into getting drafted in the first round, you know, all that. Like, best player in our school's history. And I was, you know, very, very fortunate to, to see him on a daily basis and the work ethic and all that. That's what I was, you know, very fortunate of myself to be able to just to see it because it was like, all right, well, if this is the standard, then, you know, if I could just grasp a little bit of this and, you know, work, then maybe I could become eventually one day there was somebody that can, you know, be a guy in, in college football and, you know, eventually have the bigger goal is have aspirations to make it to the league. What, uh, how big were you when you first got to UB and how big were you when you, when you left to get prepared for the NFL? Right. Um, I think when I first got there, I was about 6'4". I was like maybe 230, 235, something like that. I think when I, by the time I left, I was like 270. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there was there was there was a lot of weightlifting, a lot of a lot I you know, <laughs> quick funny story. Yeah. So um I was in Florida already, you were at UB. Right. And I had been gone for a couple of years and you wouldn't even know this because we only saw each other pretty much in passing. Right. But it was during the summer, mm-hmm. you were still at UB, so this was before you were done with school. Right. And I was we were at the Bishop Time and Beer Tent. Okay. And and again, I hadn't seen you in a couple of years. And you were a big boy in high school right, going right, into college. Right, 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 right. Almost a big boy. Right. I saw you. I don't remember who I was with, but I remember seeing you. I was like, God damn, holy shit, man. <laughs> Freaking yeah. blew up, man. You yeah, did. Yeah, you put yeah, on a good yeah, yeah. 25, 30 pounds of muscle. Hey, I was like, I almost didn't even recognize you at first. I was like, holy shit, man. Yeah, that college dining hall. <laughs> <laughs> now, college yeah, dining talk, hall. Talk, talk about, you know, again, going from the bottom, working your way up, becoming right. a scholarship player, becoming right. a starter, becoming an all-conference right. player. Right. Like, was there a certain point where you can remember where that confidence has really kind of kicked in for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, physically, you're going right. to be able to handle it. It's like right. mentally, like, I can do this at this level again. Right. I just think every year at UB, I just kept climbing and, and trying to get better. You know, like, my freshman year, I was a, uh, a red-shirted walk-on, afterthought, got like crapped on by everybody like you'll never play here you're good right. that. you're this and that you can't even do this or that and i just kept working and i worked throughout that whole winter after the season and i came on spring ball and had a really really good spring ball mm-hmm. and fortunately earned a scholarship coach quinn put me on scholarship for some reason they thought i was leaving or transferring i don't know what gave him that impression but i just went with it because he was like you weren't leaving or transferring yeah yeah, yeah. i wasn't leaving or transferring <laughs> but for some reason he thought i was leaving he's like all right we're gonna put this kid on scholarship so i was like you know, that was, a, that was a big moment for me. And, and uh, you know, when I got on scholarship, called my mom, we, you know, we shed tears and just happy. Like, it was just like I fulfilled that first promise I made to her and um, earning that scholarship. And then from that point on, it was just went my redshirt freshman year, played a little bit, redshirt sophomore year, finally earned a starting position, you know, played played well. Junior year, started to earn accolades. Senior year, became all-conference. You know, I was up for the Burlesworth Trophy, like for the, the walk-on award. Um, so it's it just it was just a steady climb, you know. And I, I I don't know if I could say there was one defining moment. Maybe when I became a starter my sophomore year, I think maybe the first game we're playing Albany, and I ran a stunt and I got this TFL against Albany. And it was like my first play, like big play making as a starter, and I was like, okay, like, yeah, like this this is you're you're heading the right direction. The work that you're putting in is paying off, and it was like 
it just let me know that like, all right, your hard work is paying off and just just kind of kept ascending from there, man. All right, we're going to take a real quick break, come back with more Damone Harris here live at Imperial Pizza. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back here. Imperial Pizza, 1035 Abbott Road, South Buffalo. Damone and I just us off some really, really good wings, man. You know what? By the way, this place, Timon, has maybe the best lunch special of anywhere in town. If you come in yeah. between 11 and 4, you can get like five wings and a beef on wedge and a pint of beer or a pop for 12 bucks. Really? That's just cheap. In this economy? Wow. That's <laughs> Buffalo for you. That is, man. Just... Shout out to Imperial Pizza. <laughs> best pizza in Western New York. Yeah. Hands it's down. Right. I used is... to come here after high school just for a little slice. Get my little fix in. We were talk. Know. We were talking before we started taping this, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like there's two places that are more synonymous with South Buffalo than anywhere else, oh, man, and that's you know it. pizza, yep. food. You come to Imperial, mm-hmm. and also now they got a really nice bar. So you can come have some yeah. pints of beer or two. Yeah. Or if you want to go get your drink on, you go to yeah. Doc Sullivan. Go to Doc Sullivan's. Doc Sullivan's Imperial Pizza. Go to Doc's. <laughs> those are those are uh, the two Doc's. spots here in South Buffalo. Great mm-hmm. stuff. All right, so. You're done with UB, mm-hmm. and it's getting to be near NFL draft time. Mm-hmm. You don't know at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it could go either way if you're going to get drafted. Now, I've mm-hmm. talked to some football players who right. were taken in the sixth or seventh round. Right. I want to know your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of glad? Once it got to be the seventh round, mm-hmm. some players say they'd rather not be drafted. Because, oh, of course. Because then they could control – you know, right, if they're going to the, give, you know, multiple practice squad offers or, or undrafted uh, free agent offers, I should right, say, sorry, right, right. where they could go. Once it got to be to a certain point where you like, right. I almost don't want to get drafted. Right. I mean, you, oh, oh. As, a, as a player, I feel like as a competitor, you always have that edge sure. that you want to get drafted because, you know, you see some guys that got drafted in front of you and you maybe have better stats than them or whatever. Even now, I look back at that my draft class and those guys that got drafted and most of them that got drafted in front of me aren't even in the league anymore, and I'm going in my sixth year. So it's like, yeah. obviously, you should have drafted me, but you know, right. um, selfishly. But you know, you get that, you get that edge, and then from there, I mean, yeah, I would say it's better. If I don't, I'm not going to get drafted in the top three, four rounds. I'd rather go undrafted because you go to a, you can pick a team, 
That's a good you know, fit. You had about four or five offers coming out of the draft. I can, you can pick a team. That's like, what I was going to ask you. you know? So after the draft is over, right. obviously you go to Tampa, and right. I would certainly think that you don't regret any of this because no. it ultimately led you to be in a Super Bowl jam exactly. at the end of exactly. the day. At that time, so you right. signed with Tampa. Were mm-hmm. there other teams that were interested? Oh, yeah. Were a, there, what were some of the other teams that at that time um, that you were I remember, I, I think the Giants were – the Titans were um, a couple of teams were looking at me at like a, as like a three four outside linebacker. Um, I know I remember Seattle. I had a, a private workout with the Seahawks I and, and the Forty Niners. Yeah. I think some some those were two of the teams, but um, you never know. I mean, during that process, they they sell you every dream and lie. Oh, we're gonna take you. We're gonna draft you. We're gonna this or we're gonna that. And you never know until you, you see your name come come across that ticker. And if it doesn't, you know. You know, you get to pick. And, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have options, and you know, Tampa, Florida wasn't wasn't a bad option. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's where I'm going next. Yeah. All right, so yeah. listen, man. Yeah. Um, you're an NFL player. I talk about the NFL. That's pretty much all we have in common when it comes to that. But right. one thing we do definitely have in common for sure mm-hmm. is we've spent our whole life living in Buffalo in this right. region and in this right. area, area until right. I was in Tampa like mm-hmm. maybe a year and a half before you ended up signing with them. But for right. both of us, we were in Florida right. and we had never been anywhere like that before. Right. Talk about yeah. the culture shock of yeah. going from, you know, a really gritty, cold weather, like right. four seasons, Buffalo, right. New York, to, One season, to Tampa, which is a beautiful city. Amazing. I mean, come on. Amazing. Amazing. Talk about that culture shock. It was just, uh, it was just completely different. I mean, you're talking at 70 something degrees in December, and you're like, it's crazy, dude. Right? I'm not used to this. I'm not, (laughs) but I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I kind of wanted the snow because it's like, you know, man, like you just miss it, you know. But it, you know, you get the the rain in Tampa, the monsoons and hurricane season, and but I mean, you just. It was just a complete culture shock because it's not what you used to. I mean, we used to the grit, the grind, the blue collarness of Buffalo, New York, and I love it. That's why you know I'm, I'm here right now. I love Buffalo, but um, being in Tampa, it felt like you're on vacation all the time. Yeah. But I had to get my mind. Yeah. To like, no, you're here to work. Yeah. You're here to grind. You're here to, you know. It took me. I, I was there for five years, and it mm-hmm. probably took me a good year and a half to kind of get out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm, feel on like I'm on vacation all the time. And it's, look, there's a lot of beautiful things about it. Man. There's some things you don't know until you get there. Like, one thing I didn't know, it rains every goddamn day. For yeah, like, like hard for like, like six months, like an hour every day. Yeah, and then From it's- like four to five, it rains so hard. <laughs> and then the sun comes out, and then it's like, it never happened. You're like. <laughs> it's crazy, you know? man. Now, selfishly, I was glad to see you go to Tampa again because right. I was living there. And, right. Uh, we got a chance, like you, you went to a couple of Shane's high school football games. We yeah. lived about an hour or so apart. You right, came up to right. a couple of his games. Mm-hmm. Um, one year, you and Jordan and the family, we all had Thanksgiving dinner together. Right, so, again, yeah, selfishly nice. for me, it was cool. And I got to tell you, and, and this is not a mm-hmm. diss to the Tampa Bay sports base, right. their fan base. Like, right. I'm not trying to. It can to, be a little fickle, the fans. <laughs> a little fickle. Here's <laughs> an example, folks, yeah. of what I'm telling you about when it comes because people, I'm always bashing Tampa sports fans. Not just football, <laughs> all of them on Twitter. And I get a lot yeah. of shit for it. But yeah. here's a perfect reason why this happens. Okay, now we're from Buffalo. Yep. Again, you grew up here. And obviously, you know, you're not a Buffalo Bill. So you're, you're right. in Texan. But right. you know what it's like in Buffalo. Game oh, day, the city lives, breathes, man. sleeps. Whether Buffalo they winning, they losing, it's a draw. Whether Josh is throwing eight picks or he's throwing eight right. touchdowns. They're going to run the Bills. It's so important mm-hmm. here. Now. We were in Tampa when you were playing, and I and I won't forget this because you guys were playing the New Orleans Saints. Yep. And uh, you got us tickets for the game. Mm-hmm. So myself, my wife, Shane, we we go to we, we went to your house. Right. And uh, we were hanging, we were there early, so you and Shane were messing around playing video games <laughs> for a while. But anyway, so go to the stadium, and I could not believe it. First of all, again, it was like October, November, and it's seventy some degrees right. out, which is that it's weird in itself. You see but nothing but Saints fans. <laughs> it was not even. There were a lot of Saints fans, right. but not even that. So it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against yeah. the New Orleans Saints. You know what right. I'm seeing? I'm seeing a lot of Green Bay Packer jerseys, a lot right. of Vikings jerseys, yeah. a lot of Jets jerseys. Right. It's like still because right. it's a transplant area. Right. Well, yeah. See, you you got those border states like Florida, California. Yeah. Those those sports teams that are not like northeast teams. There's a there's a you gotta look at the ge- geographically speaking. There's a melting pot of people to begin with. So it's like mm-hmm. people from all over, and that's why I feel like the fan base 
isn't as strong as say like the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens or right. the Buffalo Bills sure. or the Northeast team because they they live and die by their sports teams up here. Yeah, yeah. it was it would just be it would be weird. I think Jameis yeah. was the quarterback yeah, at the James time. Was, but anyway, yeah. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the Saints won that game. <laughs> but he threw a touchdown pass and like the crowd was it was like yay. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Nobody's going nuts. Like the, oh my yeah, god. I did not feel, it. feel like the, the buffalo. It, it was yeah. really weird. Mm-hmm. Then of course a couple years later Tom Brady shows up there and all yeah. of a sudden oh, they're man. a diehard fan. Oh, yeah. We've always been like this. Yeah, we've yeah. always been fans of the Buccaneers. Exactly. What do you mean? There's a handful of them that really are, but for the most yeah, part, no, yeah. again, but all most in all, of, yeah. I, obviously, you are grateful that your first oh, man, of NFL course. opportunity. It was an amazing experience. Talk about your time a little bit with Tampa. Like, who are a couple of like the guys that you got to know while you were in Tampa that became like not just you know your peers on the field, but maybe right. friends in the locker room stuff like oh, that. Oh man, like um, Vita Vea, we came in as rookies together. He's still down there in Tampa, yeah, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, but you know, we still talk here and there uh to this day it's my guy um vita like my whole rookie class you just never forget your rookie class you right know? like jack Sitchi, he's coaching out wisconsin um a bunch of just of, of my rookie guys man just and even vets like will ghostin um jason pierre paul bo allen play with all those kind of guys on the d-line and you know even like you know seeing guys around the locker room like Jameis, um you know peyton barber so many uh, friends that, you know, I know I'll, I'll be had those friendships for a long time outside of football, you know. Now you get there, and again, I know you. You are a very driven person. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might have an inch in height on you or a couple mm-hmm. pounds of weight, or they might be, mm-hmm. you know, a split second faster than right. 40, but nobody's going to outwork you. And I've known oh, that about you for a long amount of time. So mm-hmm. I know that your mindset coming into training camp as a rookie in Tampa is like, I'm not going to be outworked. I know oh, that. for but sure. Did it come to a point where you clicked, where it clicked for you, you were like, I got a legit chance to to make this organization. Now, you mm-hmm. didn't. You made it as, in, on the practice squad right. coming out as an undrafted rookie, which right. is goddamn impressive. What, right. And what part of camp? Was it early on in camp where you were like, all right, man, you know, this is Mike Gavin, yeah. this is this guy, this is uh-huh. the guy, I can play with these guys. Right, and I mean, I, I think when you first go to get to the NFL, it's like, like, it's like a shot, like, oh, my goodness, that's Mike Evans over there, or that's you know, so-and-so or so-and-so, that's JPP. And mm-hmm. those guys step that have been in the league for, for so many years, they, they move with so much confidence to where sure. it's like, it could be intimidating for yeah. undrafted rookie. It could be intimidating, like, but it's the way, that the longer I've, time I've spent in the league, it's just like, you have to be like that. And a lot of people, like media outlets and fans, criticize guys for being so confident, but you, in a sense, you have to be like that because it's such a, like a, like a dominant sport. Like, it's just so, like, you gotta be on your game at all times, but, yeah, in training camp, I mean, after that, like, shot kind of settled away and, you know, I kind of, like, got on the field a little bit and, and was competing against the other rookies and, like, rookie mm-hmm. mini camp and, you know, gaining confidence little by little and they start making plays in training camp and then you get the preseason games and you make some plays and you're like, all right, like, you know, like like I said, like that moment I had at UB against, you know, Albany and I made that tackle for loss. It's just like, no, I can I can do this. I can, you know, and it's just it's just keep stepping in that and, and – trusting your process and, and running your race, I feel like. So it was like, all right, all right, this guy making maybe can do this, but you know, I'm good at this. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna prove in that and that in the off season. But you know, right now I know what I can do and I'm gonna be confident in what I can do. You, you know? eventually spent time on the active roster and played right. some games which I thought was awesome. You know, right, I was yeah, really was, excited yeah, about that. Year, yeah. oh you were on so I have Tweet Deck by the way, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever used Tweet Deck, but mm-hmm. it's kinda like, you know, Twitter you gotta refresh Right. Tweet deck is just that always comes down. And I would oh, have okay, Keyword okay, Gamone okay. yeah, get yeah, it yeah. on the right side just so oh, if any nice. news would come yeah, down, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be uh, among the first to know about it. Oh, so, cool. you know, you're in Tampa for a while, and then I, it was, what was it, 2019. I remember this too. So, you guys went to London. Yep. <laughs> played like shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jameis threw the, Car- fir- the first play of the game. Pick six, right? Yeah. Mike was, Mike Carolina, was running, right? a, running a slant. Pick six. To yeah. the so, you like. guys. Played terrible, got smacked. Yep. And then that week after, you got released. I'm like, you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't, didn't even play that play. game. I was inactive. <laughs> I, like, I had are, made the 53 man roster. I was inactive. Changes for the sake of changes. Literally, I kid you not, that situation, I don't think I've ever, ever told you about this. Like, in that situation, I didn't even speak to Bruce Arians at all. Like, the head coach, I didn't, I was just released with not, like no explanation wow. as to why I got released. I was actually in Buffalo because it was our bye week the following week. Yeah. And yep. I flew home. Um, I think that Monday or that Sunday, maybe like Sunday night, Monday, 
and I was just home. And then, like, Shelton Quarles, who was the director of football operations down in Tampa, had just called me. And he was like, um, we're releasing you. Can you come down to the facility and bring your iPad? I'm like, I'm not even in Florida right now. <laughs> so they give me a flight, fly me to Tampa just to turn in my iPad, the playbook. And, you know, I'm like, well, all right. How did you handle <laughs> what, what were your initial thoughts like? How did you handle that initially? Right. Because to this point, right, that was high the first school, time. college, yeah, yeah. that's the first time where you've ever been like cut. I'm yeah, feeling a sure. rejection. Cut, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a feeling that, you know, as a professional, um, you know, the first time, obviously, it's like, yeah. Like, man, like, was there anything? But then, like I said, like, the, the, the higher level you go in professional sports, you just start to see how, how it's a business more and more. It wasn't even that I did anything wrong. It's them just having to make space on the roster because – they felt like as a team they weren't performing up to expectations, so they cut me. And unfortunately, I got to shorten the stick. But it was like, was there anything else I could have did about it? When I look back and reflect on the situation, I was like, I did everything I possibly could right. to be a part of this football team. I made the roster. I was inactive the first few games, so I was like, what well, what could I have done? Like, you know, and they did that, and then you know, just after you get that feeling, and then you know, another blessing comes along. I get the call from Baltimore, right? And uh, Baltimore signs me to their practice squad. And, you know, I'm there for a short time. Four about, weeks? About four weeks. About four weeks there. Four weeks, and I'm seeing Lamar Jackson. I'm seeing, you know, this guy work and seeing those guys. I'm like, man, this is a whole different culture. What from, the, from, from what little time you got to spend in right. the organization with right. them, right. what do you think about Lamar? I, man, I love that guy. Love he's good. He's, he seems like a really good dude. Really good dude, man. He's all about his teammates. Um, he's all about winning. He's all about being a competitor. Can't say a bad thing about the guy, man. And you know, I mean, I wish him all the best. Hopefully, that he gets paid soon. <laughs> you know, so. he's gonna get paid. Somebody's gonna do it. Gonna somebody's gonna somebody pay. gonna do it. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna pay that man. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> all right. So you're in Baltimore for a couple weeks. What were you doing? Do you remember when you got that call? I'm assuming it's from your agent, right, right, telling right. you about Kansas City. Because right. now, if a team and that's like poaching at that point, right, like if you're on a practice right. squad, another coach. team signs you, they're putting mm -hmm. you. You know you're going to the active roster. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting in a in a coordinator meeting, like with our D coordinator, like going over the defensive game plan for the week. Mm -hmm. This would have been, I think, my fifth week in Baltimore, and he's like, "Look, Kansas City just called Emmanuel Agba, Torres Peck. He's out for the season. They need a DN, and you know, they want to sign him." I'm like. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> and at the time, Baltimore is like red hot. Yeah. And I called my people and they're like, why would you leave Baltimore? Baltimore, they're going to win a Super Bowl that year. Like, they were red hot, I'm telling you. And it was like, it is crazy because when I got to Baltimore, from when I got to Baltimore to literally the rest of the season, I didn't lose a game. Like from either team being a part of. From Baltimore, then went to Kansas City, I didn't lose a game the rest of the season. Wow. So it was like, it went from like, a, a terrible feeling of getting cut by, um, you know, Tampa Bay and me not being able to control that essentially to going to Baltimore and then getting a call after four weeks of being there to get poached to Kansas City and then being able to get some time and play there and finally getting some experience again, like a real shot to play in the league, you know. So. This, I, this I remember really well. Right. So you're with Baltimore. Right. Kansas City calls you. You're mm -hmm. signed with the Chiefs. Literally, your first game mm -hmm. is against on the road mm -hmm. against the New England Patriots. Yep, yep. And you're lined Prime up, time. and you're playing against Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. And I remember mm -hmm. talking to you a couple days, maybe after that game. You might have been mm -hmm. on the podcast that following week. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking, you, I said, "God damn, you know, you're you're on the practice squad in one yeah. week, and now the next week you're, you're playing, playing under Brady. the lights, and you're playing against the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Well, yep. at least he's the greatest quarterback right now." Yep. We'll see about that down the road. He did because of your because of your teammate, my homeboy. But, <laughs> but anyway, on a serious note, I'm like, I'm asking you about this, and you're almost like, and I remember this. You're almost kind of like nonchalant about it. It's like, yeah. you know, just another guy, just another game. Right, right. I'm like bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you are playing against Tom Brady. Right. Again, you're going from right. from being on a practice squad. Right. You're getting got to be on another practice squad. Right. So now you're on the field contributing and yeah, playing a lot of snaps yeah. against Tom Brady. I, like, yeah, I remember, now that yeah. you've had a couple of years in hindsight, yeah. what was that feeling like that Man, first game? It was it was it was a blessing to say the least. Like being a, where I was what I was going through at the time and like you gotta think that was my third team that season. So I'm yeah. like and like you said, I was like nonchalant about it, but like in my head, I'm like, I, I kind of have to be this way because sure. 
I don't have time to like stop right now and smell the roses. Like I have to like be locked in. Yeah. Get ready to play against the Patriots. And I remember my first play, Tom Brady looks me dead in the face. And like their offensive coordinator, I'm pretty sure like they know I'm they know who I am. Like the Patriots organization, they know everything about everybody they're playing against. They check, know the game plan. So they like obviously know it's like my first game. And they're their their first I mean, like my first time I was in a game, they were in a sweep my way. I'll never forget. It was like they had double teamed with the tight end and the tackle. It was like Isaiah Wynn, and I forget what the tight end's name was. I made a tackle for loss against uh, Rex Burkhead and looked Tom Brady dead in the face. Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that was, a, that was that moment, another moment for me and being like, like, you can do this. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you could, this is the best. This is the, this is the highest level. This is prime time. You're at Gillette Stadium. It's 15 degrees outside, and I'm playing for Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just made a tackle for loss. Tom Brady and you're talking shit. Yeah, I'm Tom talking. Brady, I'm man. talking trash to Tom Brady. That is incredible. You know, as a as a player again, <laughs> yeah. and I completely agree with you, and I understand that you gotta stay focused on right. You know what's ahead. You can't get yeah. too into it. But right. as a person who knew you back in high school, right. my first thought is, man, I remember seeing this kid play against Kenichi's High School, against right. Jack Kelly, against kid, like he was you know a baby giraffe guys, with new legs. Practice, and now you're literally yeah. you know talking and jabbing right. with Tom Brady. It, yeah. It's just. It's incredible to me. And to yeah. your point, Kansas City did not lose a, a game that year. You guys yeah. beat um, – I, I got my notes here. Who did you got? Houston. Smack Houston in the smack divisional Houston. round. Well, you didn't smack them. They had us down. Yeah, that's right. Early oh, yeah, zero. that's Remember right in the first half. Yeah, yeah they were the smacking the shit quarter, out of you. They, they had us down 24 Yeah, nothing, that's And then right. we came back and, and lit a fire <laughs> – <laughs> was it nerve-wracking? You know what? Now that you say that, I remember that. Yeah. Was it nerve-wracking oh, for you being goodness. on that sideline? Oh, you're, my God. Like, you're in the playoffs. We're yeah. supposed to win, and now we're getting smacked? We're getting smacked. Like, we're supposed to be, like, and we're getting smacked. And we're, we're all just sitting on the bench. And, like, but you, but this is, like, when I realized how great, like, Pat is, like, 15 was. I'm, like, you just see the composure. Yeah. And you see, like, the killer instinct. And I'm, like. And this is four years ago. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, we got a chance. It's weird, and we yeah. like, oh, we got a chance. Yeah. And then he just unleashed everything on on them. Sammy Watkins starts going crazy. Tyreek goes crazy. Travis goes crazy. And we just worked our way back. And I think we ended up beating them by like 20-something. Yeah, points. that's what I'm saying. The score wasn't even <laughs> – You did. It was like 50-something 52, 52-31 or something yeah, crazy like that. Yeah, we ended up like beating that. them by like 20 So, yeah, if you look at the box score, it looks like right. a beating. But that's yeah. right. You guys were – We were down 24 we were down like big. nothing in the first yeah. quarter. And then you beat Tennessee in the AFC Championship yep. game to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. And yep. now next thing you know – you know, you're in Tampa mm-hmm. handful of weeks earlier. Now you're going to Miami, but right. play in a in a Super Bowl. Man. What was that like arriving in Miami? And I know again, you're focused. You got you're winning the game. Right. That's your primary right. focus. But right. yeah, I'm sure at some point you're kind of soaking this in a little oh, bit. Man. Like you're in yeah. Miami. You're with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're playing. Man. By the way, you're playing too. You're right. an active exactly. roster exactly. and you're playing. Right. What What's your mindset at that time? I, I this man. It's just. It was just a lot. It was just a lot to take in at the time, and it was like, like you said, I was just trying to stay focused on the task at hand. But at the same time, it's like you got people from all over hitting you up, and, and text messages, and phone calls, and social media, and no, just just congratulating you. And I'm like, man, it's just, it's all just a blessing. It just put everything in my career up until that point into perspective, and being like, like really just made me really like hard work pays off. Like, yeah, all this stuff people were just saying, they weren't just saying it. Like, it, it really pays off. I'm in this position that I never thought. I would possibly be in. You're talking about a kid from the East Bay Projects at Buffalo that comes from literally nothing mm-hmm. to, to not even playing football at all. To, to, to not even being a scholarship right, athlete coming scholarship, out of high school. To, to having the potential of playing in the Super Bowl, like, and then to go on and win the daggone thing. Win the thing. <laughs> finish, finish the job. And again, right. you are playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're on the active roster. Yeah. If you're watching this, by the way, on the video side, I got to pull this up because these are some of the coolest pictures Man. I've ever had. This is the moment if you're watching on the video side. Uh-huh. In the aftermath of the Super Bowl, he's Look swimming and making snow angels and Look all the confetti. That. Look at that, man. <laughs> um, you look back at the It doesn't that. even look, even I look at the picture now, it doesn't even look real. Like, it looks like it was Photoshopped. But, like, it, it was, like, that moment right there. Yeah. Like, like you can't see in the picture, but literally there's, like, tears streaming down my face. I can't even, like, believe it. Like, it's just. It's I crazy, want, man. It's the culmination of everything. Yeah, and that, just, that's just soaking it all Exciting relief. Yeah. Just like that was in. that was because in that game too, I think we were down ten points. I think like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. And was, we were in that jet chip wasp play that Pat threw to Tyreek, a long bomb. It was it was a good game. Yeah. And, and again, I remember, you know, 
there's only been a couple times where I've watched football, minus being a Bills fan or something like that with the Bills, where I kind of got emotional. Right, right. That right, was right. one of them. And my wife was here, by the way, right, here right, at right. Imperial Pizza. She was uh, yeah. she was crying. Yeah. My man Jordan Williams is in the house here too at right. Imperial Pizza. Now your boy. Right. Um, but yeah, man, you get that feeling of euphoria, and then right. you guys come back the next year, yeah. the Chiefs, and, and you're in the Super Bowl again. Yeah. This time. Yeah. The outcome's different. Talk, right. talk about that difference. Yeah. If it's even possible to articulate between right. walking off the Super Bowl, you know, walking off the field as a Super Bowl champion, right. and then not having your way at all. The, the offensive line for Kansas City was really banged up bad. And you got Tampa think, completely exposed yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah, your exactly. old team, too, by the way. Freaking Mario Addison. Mario <laughs> Addison took out Eric Fisher in the AFC Championship yeah. game. <laughs> Popped his Achilles, so we didn't have a left tackle. So Pat's running for his life in the Super Bowl. And we had already had some injuries early in the season, like Kalechi Asmeli, who's an all-pro guard. He's, he's an all-pro with, with, uh, with the Jets. Um, we had um, – who else did we have? At right tackle, we had Mitchell Schwartz. He had ended up getting hurt, hurt his back. So we had all, we had an all-pro line. It's just all the guys were just getting hurt. Yeah. And then by the time we made it to the Super Bowl, like still – It was a mash that, It was just like – and Pat still played unbelievable. Yeah. We had a couple of guys drop some passes in the Super Bowl – and touchdowns that hit him right in the chest. It was just, it just wasn't our day. But um, you know, nonetheless, it was still a blessing to be able to make it to the Super Bowl back to back years. You know, win one, lost one. Like, like I mean, us Buffalo fans know how hard it is to make the Super Bowl. I mean, and to win it, like we made it to four straight in the '90s before I was even born. And right. We weren't able to come up with the win. So even to make it there, people don't realize it's extremely difficult because it's hard the second time to make it back because now you got the target on your back. Yeah, everybody knows you're good. They're gonna get your best. Exactly. Gonna get so your best shot. You're gonna get your best shot. They're gonna give you your best shot every week. So, yeah. um, to make it there was a blessing. I mean, unfortunately, I'm not a two-time Super Bowl champion. Only one, one time, but <laughs> only one. Sorry, that's more than what a lot of people can say. <laughs> you know, you we know? talk about Pat Mahomes all the time, and you would know yeah. this better than most. We know what an unearthly talent he is. Yeah. One Dude's of the best quarterbacks ever, man. Mm-hmm. And he just proves it year and after year after year. Mm-hmm. Is he also, and again, you being in the locker room and getting to know him some, right. is, he a lead, is he like a leader? Is he a man. good leader oh, on that man. team too? Of, of course. You you just rally behind a guy like that. It's like when 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 Pat talks, it's like he doesn't say too much, but it's like it's like one of those people that's like, you know, even if he doesn't say much, when, you, when he does talk, you listen. Because it's yeah. like you know that's, that's a goat talking like that's that's not just he just wants to win Command. you just you just he could and you know how great he is or how much of a competitor he is that he just you know and everyone i mean obviously they're buffalo rivals and everyone from buffalo's like oh, i hate that Holmes. he sounds like come with the frog this that and the third and but i kid you not man i can't say a bad thing about the guy the guy works his tail off i think he, he was back even after he won this super bowl he was back in the gym like 12 days later yeah. <laughs> like every, even after a sprained ankle like dude i just played with a sprained ankle in the Super Bowl, won the thing, and then not less than two weeks later, he's back in the gym working. So it's like you can do nothing but respect a guy like that. You know? I, I love Pat Mahomes. Exactly. I'm a like, fan, and I can't help but be a fan exactly. of him. I mean, like, that doesn't mean I don't love Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Josh Allen's my guy, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm a. I just have a ridiculous amount of respect for Pat Mahomes. Right. Were you able to avoid his, his little brother and his TikToks? Oh man, <laughs> I hate that. Oh man, no, Jack, hey man, he, he was cool. Jackson's cool. Brittany's cool. I can't. I don't want to say nothing bad about them. <laughs> We love them. They family. We locked in for life, man. I do. You know what? I knew you were going to say that. Nothing but love for those people, man. I'm going to leave it at that. You can leave it at that. All right. (laughs) So, all right. So, 2021, um, your time with Kansas City comes to an end. November of 2021, you joined Houston. Yes. Was that a... An easy decision for you to go to Houston after Kansas City? Were there other teams that, like, you could have considered going to? Um. Yes, there was other teams. There was like eight other teams I could have went to. Um, and I just – I chose Houston because at this point in my career, I think it was year four, it was it was less about – I'm not saying I, I don't – I want to win. Believe me, absolutely. I want to be an uh, absolute – be on top of that mountaintop again and win the Super Bowl. You know, fortunately, I was able to do that, being a part of um, Kansas City and winning Super Bowl 54 and going to back-to-back Super Bowls, which is more than what a lot of players that ever played this game could say. Absolutely. But um, – you know, at that, at that point in my career, it was more like, all right, I want to, you know, potentially put myself in a position to be a dude, you know, in this league. And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm still obviously working towards that now, going into year six and, you know, learning from veteran guys and, and things of that nature. But, um, yeah, it was more of I wanted to get into a situation where I can we can build something from the ground up. And I feel like Houston's sure. um, 
a perfect opportunity for that. You know, um, one of the, one of the players that you play with, a mm-hmm. former Buffalo Bill, Jerry Hughes, yeah. a, a popular player here, and a good player for a yes. long time. He had yes. a good season for you, really last good year. season. Yeah. Um, talk about him a little bit. You know, playing yeah. with Jerry Hughes, maybe a couple of things that you know you, you may have learned from him, or just being around right. him. Oh man, Jerry is a a one of a kind kind of player, man. He's first off, I mean, as a man personally, um, guy is all about his family, his mm-hmm. wife and kids. Um, great guy to look up to, even off the field, man. Can't say anything bad about Jerry Hughes. Um, you know, takes care of his body well. I think he was what year thirteen he's in now. Yeah, so I'm like he might that, be man. going into year. I think he was year twelve. I think he's going into year thirteen, but like. For him to be moving and bending like he does, like we call yeah, him like Spider-Man. sacks or something yeah, like that. We call he only him, had two call, and a half yeah. last year with Buffalo. Yeah, man. we call him Spider-Man. Like, the dude bends, like, <laughs> that old to be 33, 34 years old and be able to do what he does is just a testament to, you know, the work he, work he puts in in his body and, and taking care of. But, like, things, like I said, like, even back to when I was at UB, I learned from a guy, like, learning from Khalil. is like, there's not much that needs to be said. You just, you learn from people by just watching them and see sure. how they operate and see how they operate as professionals and, I feel like I'm still learning um, from Jerry and, and, and I'm fortunate to have that guy in my locker room to be able to learn from. When you look at the Houston Texans right now, mm-hmm. Stanley's wise, it's been a rough couple of years, obviously. But right. I look at this team right now and I see a lot that there is to uh, to be excited about. Yes. You, know, you guys played a lot of competitive games last year. We yes. were talking about this right. you know, before we went on the air here. I mean, right. you guys were one or two plays away from being the Chiefs, from mm-hmm. being the Cowboys. Yeah, so the Chiefs you know, to overtime, yeah. Yeah, so there were some... You know, so a lot of competitive with this yeah. team. You got a new coach, DeMarco right. Ryans. You yeah. got a, yep. you're in good cap shape. You guys mm-hmm. got 11 draft picks, including yep. two of the first 12, three yep. of the top 33. You're almost certain to get a new young quarterback. Maybe yep. bring in a veteran as well. Yep. There's a, it feels like if you're a Houston Texas fan right, right now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not. I'm a Demo fan. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I follow That's okay. I'm a, Houston, That's okay. <laughs> I'm a Houston fan as long as you're there. Right. But anyway, right, in all right, seriousness, right. Yes. There, there seems to be a lot to be excited about if you oh, are a Houston sure. Texans fan yeah. uh, going forward. Um, I, and I, I think we do have a lot to be excited about. I mean, I think the defense um, at times, especially the second half of the season, played played well. You know, we played exceptional. Um, not to say our offense, you know, didn't, but, you know, there were some, some things that just weren't clicking maybe and you know, that's all part of the growing process as you go through growing pains. But um, I think the tension is there. If, you, if you're around the building and around the guys in the building, you see that we all go in there. And we, we work as hard, if not harder than anybody around the whole entire league. So um, we're gearing up to have a, a really good season this year. We're excited about having uh, Coach Ryan's and, you know, the potential to have new teammates in the draft picks like you discussed. And, uh, you know, we might take a quarterback or whatever. Um, not, nothing against Davis and, you know, anything – he's got going on because no matter what, it's just, you know, next guy up and, and we all just are working towards a common goal and that's winning. You know? Yeah, for sure. Now you are uh, going to play for six years now, you right. know, you want to six years mm-hmm. and as an undrafted free agent, right now, your first priority is yourself right. and to make the team and right, to, right, and right, to right, contribute right. to be the best player that you could be. Right. But do you kind of find yourself now where you're in a position where like, you see a rookie undrafted free agent mm-hmm. coming in who might be wet behind the ears like you were right. a handful of years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe give them a little bit of advice, a little oh, bit of guidance. Sure. Not necessarily even someone in your position. It could be a receiver, running right. back, whoever. You know what I mean? You've been through it. You've seen it now right. with these guys. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not never willing to not help any guy, even sure. if it is at my position. You know, Absolutely. because at the end of the day, I'm confident in the work that I put in my own self and my ability, you know, to overcome whatever circumstances and put that's put in front of me. So. I'm willing to help any younger guy, not just at, you know, the defensive line position, but or receiver position, whatever, and just kind of just give them tips on what I've seen in the league so far, and you know what I've seen how certain situations play out, and just give them advice. All right, yeah, like you may have all the talent in the world, but this is how you need to apply this to that, and this is don't do this or don't do that, and do this, and, you know, spend your time, you know, maybe I did or just even go over some of the mistakes I made early on in my career, from right. every different perspective, and just you know, I want I'm, I'm there to help. I want to be the because I ultimately want to win. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it's like you're only helping your teammates to work towards that goal. Um, we're winding down here at Imperial Pizza with Damone yeah. Harris from the Houston Texans. So you've been in the league for a while now, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you hope to be in the league for many years to come. Yes, sir. Have you mm-hmm. started to give some thought to what you're going to do post-football when oh, it comes yeah. to an end at some point? Oh, Again, for sure. I mean, like, I, the like, road, like I said at the beginning of this interview, man, my one coach told me the music is going to stop one day. Sure. The music is going to stop playing one day. The music ain't going to play forever. <laughs> I wish I could play football when I was 50. No, actually, I don't. That'd be a lot of pain. <laughs> a lot of pain. But, um, 
nah, man, the music's going to stop one day. And, uh, you know, actually, my little brother just became a real estate agent. And, you know, so right. I've been kind of dabbling in that field a little bit and um, things of that nature. But, you know, yeah, I'm giving it some thought for sure. I mean, everyone has to think about it, you know. And it, it's just, you know, right now my focus is what my focus is, and that's ball. You know, and it takes it takes all of you to focus on that. But, um, you know, one day will come where I have to, you know, hang the cleats up and, you know, move on in a sense, you know, and I just don't want to have any regrets as far as um, taking, like thinking so much about what's next and not putting everything into the game that I can right now, you know. So. Let me, one more question for Damone here. Mm -hmm. I got an NFL player on here. So I feel like this is a good opportunity to ask this question. Mm -hmm. Maybe there might be somebody watching this right now who is a high school football player, or mm -hmm. maybe it's somebody who's playing at a smaller school in college, right. or more likely a parent who's watching or listening to this show right now, right. and they have a kid who maybe right. it's football or maybe any sport. It don't even matter what sport it is for that right, matter. Right, right. Give some advice to both the kid, you mm -hmm. know, who might have aspirations and dreams of playing professionally, and also, because right. I think this is important, and I know you do too, give some advice to the parent out there who is, is raising their kid, you know, to raise them to be an athlete and do it the right way because there are wrong ways right when it comes to uh, how we as parents right. raise our kids when it comes to sports right and i you know um i'll give the advice first i would say to the kid so to the kid i would say um for me like you got to think like i was so far behind the eight ball as far as like starting for, like sure playing organized sports period so for me it's like first off have fun first off have fun Handle your business. I mean, I think Stevie Johnson says this. Have fun, handle your business. Yep. Which means prioritize what needs to be prioritized. Your schooling, like, you, you can't get anywhere without grades, you know. And But as far as, like, your, your sport goes, you know, if you have a goal at the end of your mind, it's not even a goal because sometimes you set a goal and you meet that goal. It's like, oh, that's the end game. No, it's like you, you, you set something up in your mind. And like just shoot for the stars, you know, and, and break it down into a process. Like my me coming up in high school, I knew always knew like I had the potential to play in the NFL, but I had a long road in front of me to get yeah. there. So I broke it down into processes. All right, I need to get stronger. All right, well, what do I need to do to get stronger? All right, I need to get faster. What do I need to do to get faster? Well, I need to do that, like break it down into a process. Cause if you look at the bigger picture and be like, I need to be in the NFL tomorrow, like you're gonna get so overwhelmed. And, 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 and psych yourself out and, and the pressure will eat you alive. So break, my advice to the kid is just break everything down into a process. Mm -hmm. You know, things take time. It takes time to develop as a person, like as a human, like from either if it's a female or a male, like your body is going to take time for develop. Be patient with yourself, but also have your, but at the same time, you got to also have pedal to the metal at all times, if that makes sense. You yeah, know? it does. It's sure. like, but at the same time, you can't burn yourself out. So break it down into a process, but don't, you know, you know, burn yourself out, if that makes sense. You know? It does. So, and then to the, to the parent, I would say, you know, you can push your kid, but don't shove them. Right. You know, I think we talked about this earlier. You can push them, but don't shove them because you don't want your kid, their only drive to be that and reason that they're playing this sport is because of the parent or because of, all right, I feel like I don't want to let Uncle John down or 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 my dad down or or cousin Pat or somebody. I don't want to let them right. down. So this is why I'm doing this. Like, no, it has to be. You have to be intrinsically motivated, your own self, um, to be able to. Like, the kid has to be intrinsically motivated themselves, you know, to get themselves to that level. Like, there's not, there's nothing a, a parent can do because sometimes you can push so hard or you can shove so hard that you push them out the ledge to be like and they fall out of love with the game and they fall out of yeah. having fun with the game and then by that time they fall out of love and have fun with the game then you'll lose them you know what i mean so um and there's a fine line you know and i know it's tricky with parents and between like pushing your kid but you know you know just you know put a ball in front of them and see how they react oh right, whoa, whoa, look at little johnny's having fun kicking the soccer ball yeah. all right little johnny i'm gonna set up some drills for you little johnny mm -hmm. all right that's you pushing them <laughs> yeah all right little johnny let's see what oh you want to do this and then the, then you'll find your kid is coming to you all right well dad i want to sign up for this soccer camp and, and then they'll just you know and you're just there to guide them you yeah. know what i mean but if you shove i think that's where some parents lose their kids i agree 100 percent. that's yeah. really really good advice too yeah. all right that's going to do it for this show mm -hmm. he'll be 
you're, you're Houston Texans defensive end. You're a Super Bowl champion, but to me, you're always going to be Buffalo born and raised. Buffalo born and raised. Most baby. importantly for us here at Imperial Pizza in yes, South yes. Buffalo, Damone Harris. Thank you very much for doing the show, Damone. And yes. I'll tell you what, too. So we're going to be doing this every Thursday mm-hmm. next week. Um, Go Long founder, national sports writer Tyler Dunn will be with me. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.